Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Never loses its, uh, you know, coming to the house of the Lord just has never lost its attraction. I love, I love church, and it doesn't mean people always feel good when they go to church, but something jumps inside of you that, uh, you know, this is, this is where you go to commune with the Lord and to fellowship with his people, and always excited about that, so Glad to see you all here this morning, those that are able, and glad for all of our visitors being here. Glad to have Sister Jaya's folks with us this morning, and appreciate them being with us. And today we start a new series in our uh, discipleship uh, today. If you have your books, if, you, if you're here and would, don't have a book but would like one, we have extras in there. Anybody need a book? You ready to take those? Yeah, we like for you to have those we we get those and then you can follow along and you know your kids during the weeks uh, in every class they're getting the same lesson just on their level and that way you can talk with your kids about the lesson when you get home and uh, man I tell you really uh, having a little home church is essential I could just skipped it, closed this book, and teach a whole another lesson right here. But because it was it was like that in the beginning. You know, everybody didn't have a scroll in their tent in Moses' day, but they went, heard what the Lord wanted them to hear, and he says, Now you go home and talk about it with your kids and when you lay down and when you rise up and anyway I I gotta get going. So but what I'm saying is that uh Moses said, the Lord's going to give me this. I'm going to give it to you. You're going to give it to your kids. And so a little home church is good. Praise God. So today, though, we're going to talk about uh, prayer. We're going to talk about when Jesus prayed, but not just uh, people usually go straight to the Garden of Gethsemane, think that's the prayer we're talking about. But that not so much that as it's going to be times that he prayed and why he prayed and today we're going to talk about praying before big choices before big choices so our lesson idea is that when we face big choices we must pray so we can get God's perspective when we have things going on in our life so let's um, just go ahead we'll just go ahead and pray for the lesson and then we'll get into it Lord we love you today so much thankful for your word Thank you for the wisdom and insight it gives us in the understanding, a light unto our path. Lord, today let our hearts be good ground, receive it. Lord, anoint these lips of clay and help me today to speak words that will feed us, make us better, get us ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. Thankful for his word. Thank the Lord. You can be seated. You turn and look at your neighbor and say, have you prayed about it? Praise God. I hope you have. In Luke chapter 6, uh, we come to a place in the, the life of the Lord. He, was, um, he had just performed a healing on the Sabbath, and people were upset with him. Uh, you know, how dare you heal on the Sabbath day? And uh, Hey, amen. 
Jesus was ready to escape. He was weary in his body, his emotions. Uh, he had just been stretched. No, he, he was still human, and he got weary. And um, I'm sure that the flesh side of him a lot of times, a lot of the emotions probably that he felt are not even pinned in because uh, it, you know, he was just like us. You just realize that if we would have felt hurt in that situation, he felt hurt. If he was heart, if we would be heartbroken, he would be heartbroken. It was, he was still fully a man. And so he gets ready, and in Luke chapter 6, we find where Jesus finds a place that he can uh, pray. And we're going to talk about that in verse 12. It says, it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray, and he continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles. Simon, whom he also named Peter, Andrew his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon called Zelotes, and Judas the brother of James, and Judas Iscariot, which was also the traitor. And so... Uh, when you think about the Lord, it's almost impossible to just think about him and not think about his 12. But th those 12 were not just uh, so easily picked out. We know that we read about him calling the different ones and they, they begin to follow him. But it says he had uh, many disciples with him. He calls them and then he chooses 12. And then he also names them apostles. And so it wasn't that they were better. It was just I need certain people to fulfill certain things. This is going to be a big part of what happens after I leave. I've got to get the right 12. And so we have moments in our life where, you know, like this, things are going fine. Things are good. But all of a sudden we get a phone call and, now we've got this huge decision, and, and you know, and oftentimes we want to go to our friends, and, uh, and there's nothing wrong with talking to people, you know, your friends get advice from your pastor maybe, uh, but sometimes people will go on social media, what should I do? That's the worst thing to ever do. Uh, never do that. Just blanket statement, never do that. You know, if you're saying what, where's the best seafood restaurant, there you go. But, hey, what should I do with my life? Don't do that on Facebook or whatever else there is today. Um, but, you know, we need to be able to make sure that we are finding a place and even follow this example of Jesus where he separated himself from everybody else to spend some time in prayer. Prayer is so vital in this time uh, of our life, especially in the day we live in. Communication with the Lord is paramount. We must have that time of prayer with God Paul said to the church in, uh, that he wrote in Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing. Nothing. Listen, don't let anything. Now, today we're talking about big things, you know, but right here we see that Paul says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. You know, there's so much to say in that, but uh, this Thanksgiving part of it, uh, that's why I always have a stand a lot of times just offer up thanks because, you know, no matter what you're going through, 
it's not as bad as it could be, and we need to give God thanks in every part of the situation. We may not be through it yet, but still we need to thank God for getting us here. I'm at the halfway point. You'd never make it halfway without God. So give him thanksgiving and all these things. But uh, So we see that there's nothing that we should not carry to God. Small, you know, we, we judge things by size, but uh, it's in the eye of the beholder or the one who's going through it. To us, that may seem small. To them, it is big. And so we need to make sure that we are carrying everything to God in prayer, everything. Paul said again in one place, pray without ceasing. Now, does that mean that 24 hours a day I'm just rambling off words to God? That's not what he's talking about. You can't do that. You've got to talk with people on your job, talk with people at your school. You, you, know, you, you can't do that, but you can always have him in your heart. Your thoughts can be on the Lord. But I think one thing that Paul was trying to uh, get across was that never lose your prayer life. Never lose that time that you spend with God because he knows, Paul knows as good as anybody through all the things he went through that no matter how good you're doing, something's about to come up. You might be on your way to a place where God told you to go and your ship sinks. So you need to make sure that you are in a place where your prayer life is still going So because you never know uh, you can be like, man, I am riding high. I am catching the wave. This is it. Man, everything's going my way. Boom, the bottom drops out. You need to have that contact with God right there. Uh, you shouldn't have, you know, sometimes we have these, you know, you ever sign up for these web pages or something like that. You're, you're buying something. They want you to get a membership. So you put your username and password, and then you don't use it again for like two years. But then you want something. You go back, and it's like username. What's your password? It's been so long you can't remember. Woo, I hope I don't forget my password in the prayer room. I hope I don't forget the username. Come on, somebody. I hope that I, I don't spend so much time away from God that I forget how to get back in touch with God. I will make sure that I am praying without ceasing. And so that doesn't mean that I just walk around all day, can't even take a bite of food because I, I can't quit praying. Well, you'll die. It won't last long. Uh, you know, so, or people just backslide over that because they're like, I'm going to eat. I've got to have food. You, I've got to do something else. So, you, but you have to maintain a lifestyle of prayer. It has to be part of what you do. And um, so, praying and, and seeking God, there are times that we have to use this example um, of separating ourselves. Uh, you know, the Lord uh, said in Matthew that, uh, in our time of prayer that we enter into our closet, there are times where it's just got to be us and God and so that the Lord can see you in secret and that you can hear from God and then be rewarded openly. Uh, so we separate ourselves, though, because there are so many voices around. And even the Lord knows that, uh, you know, there's so many people pulling at me and tugging at me. He said, I've got to get away. And so he went up into the mountains. He, he separated himself. So he said, I've got some uh, things that have to be done. I've got to make some decisions. I've got to make some choices. And, and I need to go in here. Because what did Jesus say many times? I'm only doing what I see and hear from the Father. 
But if you never spend time where you can see and hear from the Father, then it's going to be harder to make those decisions. And so we need to make sure that sometimes we are separating ourselves, uh, getting in a place where we can hear from the Lord. Now, that does not keep us from corporate prayer. I believe in that. That's as much of biblical principle as praying in your own closet. That's people, the people of God gathering together. There's anybody that ever tells you, well, Jesus told me right here, I don't need to pray with other people around because I need to be praying in secret. If that's, then they haven't read any farther in their Bible. <laughs> because if you read farther, you'll find more examples of people praying together than you do finding people praying by themselves. So uh, we do believe in corporate prayer. The dictionary of Merriam-Webster defines prayer as a petition to God in word or thought. I believe that uh, there are times where, you know, we do pray just like I say, you're praying in your mind. You're working, you're doing something, and so you're praying in your thoughts, but there are times where you use your words. You, you come before the Lord. The Scripture says bring words and come before the Lord. So we, the Word of God, uh, one end of the book to the other, from Genesis uh, to Revelation, we see people spending time in prayer. In Genesis, it talks about it. From this point, people begin to call on the name of the Lord. And then even John was praying in Revelation, and then he finds himself in the Spirit on the Lord's day. So uh, we need to pray just like these men and women did in the Scripture. There are things that we are going to face, and, and we're going to try to kind of get back on the focus of praying for these big, important decisions in our life. Prayer is the means that we communicate with God and also He communicates with us. It is never and never has been intended to be a one-way conversation. It is not just me for as fast as I can for 30 minutes saying all the words I can think of. It's not just me uh, saying the same word 48 times in a row. Uh, it's not just me... Uh, Hey, sit down and listen, Lord, and then letting it fly. All right, I'll see you next time. Uh, maybe we should try to spend as much time listening in prayer as we do speaking in prayer so that we can hear what God wants for us. Uh, prayer can become a very vain attempt at reaching God if we are not listening. We need to listen. You know, uh, if people won't listen, uh, you know, if if you know somebody doesn't listen to you, you'll stop talking to them. So if God knows you're not going to listen to him, he, he, when, he, when, he hear, when he hears that first, hey, it's me again, Lord, he knows, oh, this is going to be 45 minutes of them telling me something, and then they're going to get up and go. I want to make sure that he knows I'm listening to what he uh, is saying. Let us have an ear to hear what the Spirit would say. So it is obvious then when we are faced with challenges in our life that we want to express ourselves to God, but more than just expressing ourselves and letting our emotions out, um, we want to hear what God wants us to hear. How do I get through this? Instead of just saying, you know, God handled this, you ask him for things, and God, how am I going to handle this? And now listen to what he's trying to say to you. Uh, and if we're not careful to listen to God's response, then we might leave our prayer closets with the same exact challenge as we went in with. Uh, nothing changes if we're not listening to what God wants us to do. 
So many times, uh, you know, people will not pray as often as they should because they're not sure how to pray. Sometimes uh, they, well, you know, God, he already knows my needs, and so uh, I don't want, you know, I shouldn't just bother him. He already knows. But God wants us to have time with him in prayer. Uh, it's not just, he's not our maid and our butler, and he has duties that he knows I must do this every day. There are things that we need to come and express to him to, uh, so that he can express to us. Uh, he wants to hear. <clears throat> you know, in prayer, it's not just about what you ask. It's what you communicate to God. This is how I feel about you. There's one, and this probably to nobody else, it means anything, but it's just one scripture in, <clears throat> excuse me, in Psalm I read across one time, and just because the psalmist repeats his line, it's like he's trying to get his point across to the Lord, but he's, Lord, I am thy servant. I am thy servant. It's like I'm, I'm trying to get this thought across to you, Lord, because you know what that means if I'm your servant. And, and many times in prayer we're, we're communicating what we think about God. Now, well, God already knows my mind. He knows my heart. He knows what I'm going to say before I say it. Yeah, but you still say it. That's just, you know, if uh, <clears throat> we've used this example before, but in relationships, if, you know, if you, you know, get married uh, and then on your wedding day you're telling each other oh, how much you love each other, you're professing your eternal love and all these things, and then that's, you never say, say it again. Well, they know it. I told them when we got married I loved them. Yeah, it's been 28 years. You ain't said it yet again. You know, what's that? Man, uh, people say, well, you don't want to, you know, it loses its effect if you say it too much. That's hogwash. <laughs> Man, come on. I, I wish I knew. I'm going to keep a record how many times we say it. Man, we, we blow the phone up with each other all the time. Hey, I love you. I love you most. That's it. That's, I probably, you want to say how many times that conversation's on my phone? That's how it goes. And when we see each other at home, around the house, sitting there watching something on the TV, I might look at us and say, hey, I love you. You know, just, oh, you just, no, I say it because I mean it. You're communicating how you feel. And, man, don't you know the Lord would like for you to just be riding down the road one day and say, Lord, you don't know, I love you. If you've never done that, shame on you. <laughs> if you've never just been out working in the garden or cutting grass or taking a shower, I don't care what you're doing, if you hadn't just said, hey, Lord, I love you, just out of the blue, because all the time he is raining it on us and letting us know I love you. He, he never fails to communicate that to us. Uh, he loved us first, <clears throat> and he still does uh, oftentimes. So, uh, so we need to, well, we do need to learn how to pray. You need to learn to communicate, but you talk with God. You know, you don't have to pray in King James if you don't want to. You know, you don't have to pray. You know, you can, you can use the New Living Translation. I don't care what it is. You know, pray, pray with your words, how you talk. You know, you're not trying to read Shakespeare to the Lord. Just, you know, talk to him like you would somebody that you love and that you trust, that you know, because you can trust him. You know, God's not going to go talk about anything you and him talked about. That's one that he ain't going to repost it. He ain't going to tell it. You know, there's nothing. I don't even believe the angels get to hear them conversations. This is, you know, a confidentiality agreement at the greatest. He's going to keep, 
that secret. And uh, so you can talk to God and you trust God. You, you can be safe. You can, you can open up. You can be vulnerable to God because he's never going to hurt you. And so just communicate to him and talk about the things that you need to talk about. So uh, it is encouraging and uplifting to hear people pray around us. We love corporate prayer. I love to listen. I, I was sitting in my office this morning. I love when the choir, when they finish and they have their time of prayer, man, they just pray. I love when we first come in and the ladies are already in their prayer room. You can just hear them praying or, or the guys, I can hear them back there praying. I, I love to hear the voice of prayer and things like that. It's, it's great. Um, but there are some things that God can only accomplish in our lives when we pray. It's wonderful. I, I, I love that people have praying grandmothers. I love that people have praying saints in their lives, but uh, you're going to come to a point where you must pray for yourself and get things done for yourself. It, you, know, you can't just always, I've said before, you can't treat the church like a prayer vending machine. It's like uh, never think about prayer, never talk to God, but okay, I got a, a grandkid that's sick, I got a niece that's, that's passing away, I got a Son, that don't live for God. So you just call every time there's a need pops up, you're calling somebody else to pray. That's not how prayer works. That's not the way it should work. Yes, call people to pray. But eventually God's going to say, when are you going to stop? And when are you going to pray? When are you going to listen to what I've got to say? You know, Because eventually, you know what will happen with that? Is eventually you'll lose faith in prayer. Because eventually, I feel like God will finally say, you know, I hear all these people praying for that, but it's not changing you. So until you can start talking to me, maybe nothing's going to happen. And they're like, well, I called and asked the church to pray, and they still got sicker. So I guess that prayers don't work. You're not praying. And so you need to pray. Uh, you can't you know, rush into a, a 10 or 12-hour day and think that some little measly 10-minute prayer is going to work. You need to spend time in prayer because you don't know what you're going to face that day. You, when you leave your house, you have no idea uh, what's going to happen. With every phone call, with every intersection you go through, you have no idea what is coming your way. We think we're prepared for it, and then it hits us, and then we're scrambling trying to figure out how to get in touch with God. But when you have that prayer life, and now you can hear what God wants you to do in that instance. In these moments, I know we're thankful for other people that pray, but realizing that others cannot pray about our situation like we can pray about it. Because nobody really knows how it's bothering you or burdening you like you do. Nobody can take your place in prayer. I'm glad we have, you know, we call people, oh, they're prayer warriors. That's great. Everybody ought to be. <clears throat> you know, in, in the army of the Lord, uh, they were all in the army, but you had some that were the mighty men of valor. That's fine. I'm glad for those people that, man, it's just like they were born to pray intercessory and to pray things. and do. I thank God for them, but I still got to do my part. I can't, you know, them soldiers didn't just run behind them mighty men of valor. So I'm going to stay right behind you. You keep knocking them out, bro. Keep killing them. Slay them, boy. I'm going to be right behind you. Uh, you got to draw your sword, too. Maybe you'll only kill one or two in the battle, maybe you, or you know, whatever, but uh, you've still got to do your part. And so you've got to pray because you're part of the body. 
And so I think many times God will bring challenges into our life to see or maybe to drive us to prayer. Uh, sometimes uh, we can just get so carried away. Lord, it's been a while since they prayed. Let's see what happens when they lose their job. Wow, yeah. Sometimes things are allowed to happen in our life so that we will pray and seek his face. Now, <clears throat> another reason for prayer is so that we can understand this. Prayer is, though it's done as an act in this physical body, it is still a spiritual interaction. And uh, we pray in the Spirit. And sometimes, you know, we build ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And so uh, and the, sometimes uh, when we don't know what to pray, the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings and, and things that can't be understood. So we know that there's uh, prayer is spiritual, and it's because you're praying to the Spirit. And uh, so we know that to do that, uh, to understand this word, we must have a prayer life because this word, Jesus said, my word is spirit and it's life. And so if I'm going to understand this book, if I'm going to live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, if I'm going to live by this book, if I'm going to live by faith, uh, the only way I can understand it is through the Holy Ghost. Even the Lord said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach. But so he said, the word is going to come forth under the anointing of the Spirit. And so when uh, any person that says, hey, I'm, I believe I'm going, I'm going to preach the word, well, then you better make sure that, that's, that, number one, God called you for that so you don't get up there and say things that nobody understands. But we need uh, people that are anointed and, and, and called to preach the word of God and preach under that Spirit. And then uh, because that will give people understanding and uh, have you ever, you know, I mean, really, I, I, I remember first in church sitting there listening, man, and, you know, just visit the first couple of times. They're talking about things. I'm like, I ain't got no idea what they're talking about. Had no idea. Whew. You know, whatever. I, yeah, awesome, man. But then after I got in there, I started praying and seeking God and reading his word, and I would always pray before I would open it up. Lord, show me what you're saying in these scriptures I'm about to read. And and all of a sudden, it's like things just jumping out on you, man. You're just like, man, this is like the greatest thing ever because it's like I'm reading this, but it's saying this. You know, it's just like you, you got it, and, and it comes through prayer. So if we want to understand the Word of God, we've, we've got to have that prayer life because uh, if not, the Word becomes hollow and hard to understand without consistent and fervent prayer. In Psalm 119 and 105, the psalmist said, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In other words, God's word can direct our lives if we receive what it is telling us. But trying to read the word without an underpinning of prayer will leave us with less than what the word intends, <clears throat> misinterpreting what the word is saying. You know, that's why <clears throat> a lot of times people can't understand. You're talking to them about the oneness of God, and they, they keep going back saying, he said, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, there's three. And you know why they don't understand that? Lack of prayer. Because if, if you read this word and studied it prayerfully, you would understand uh, just a few uh, books over that Peter gave the revelation of that. You, you could read that and you realize, hey, here's a name, here's a name, name of one name. And so there's a lot of things that we think, 
it blows our mind. Like, how can you not see that? Well, there's a time when we didn't see it uh, until through prayerful study and, and uh, anointed preaching came to us that opened our understanding up. Even the Lord had to open up his disciples' understanding so they could understand everything. So uh, I want to be able to uh, hear what the Spirit is saying through his word in my life. There's also the danger of making Scripture mean what we want it to mean instead of what it actually means. So only through prayer can we align our spirit with the spirit and intent of the word of God. Prayer will also help us to focus on what really matters. Don't be distracted. Prayer will keep you focused on your walk with God. Learning to make prayer a priority will allow the rest of our priorities to fall in line with what God desires. Matthew 6 and 33 said for us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things would be added unto us. Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. It will align us with the kingdom concepts. <clears throat> people who pray, people who really pray and talk to God, and this, I believe this with anything, if people really prayed and sought God, there'd be a lot less problems in this world because prayer will line you up with the kingdom. And a lot of hate would be dispelled in this world. Yeah, a lot of things that we battle in, in our cultures today would just be gone if people really spent earnest time in prayer because prayer will line you up with kingdom concepts. It'll help our thinking become clearer when making major decisions. Without praying, we run the risk of allowing our flesh to override the spirit when it comes to these decisions. And so... Uh, Talking about big decisions in our life. What are, what are some big decisions in your life? Well, relationships, probably number one. You know, because that's, I'm telling you, when you start reaching that age, and you don't care about a job, you're getting it backwards. You ain't even worried about a job. Just, just, give me a, just give me a woman or give me a guy. Just give me somebody, Lord. We'll get a job later. Whatever. We'll live off love. We just, just give me that woman, you know, whatever, you know. But so you, you start praying because hopefully you're seeking the will of God for your life. So you want that individual, individual who will complement that. If you are in ministry, I am telling you, you don't want to anchor yourself down to the wrong person or your ministry will stall. I have seen it happen. I, you don't say, preacher, you're making something up. No, I've watched uh, people who had callings on their lives and ministries in their lives, and it was relationship, uh, people that they married that killed their ministry. It finally sucked the life out of it, and uh, they don't they don't preach to this day. And so I know that it can happen. So you you know that's a big decision. So yes, pray, man. Don't you know, don't be going after the first wink or the first little look or whatever you know. Think well, that's it. That might, have, that might have lit a spark, but you better get out and start praying and say, Lord, if this ain't it, take the wood away. <laughs> don't, don't let it catch on fire. Don't, you know, because, yeah, it doesn't mean that that person's a bad person. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means that if you're not right for each other, it won't never work. You ever been putting a puzzle together? You snap one piece down because it looked, you knew it fit. And then you got to look and say, wait a minute, that don't fit. It looks like it should fit. It's close. 
But if you were to put it all together, you'd have one piece still sitting aside and it wouldn't go anywhere and the picture wouldn't look right. It, it, it'll never be complete. So you want the right pieces together. And so uh, relationship, big one, that's number one. Then, well, yeah, I guess a job would be good. You know, uh, yeah, well, yeah, you should pray about that. I've had, I have questions about things like that all the time. Young people asking me, you know, because they get that first job, they want me to work every Sunday. I got to work every Wednesday. I can't be at prayer meeting. I got to work. And what should I do? Should I quit? And uh, number one, that's a hard question to ask. So quit, quit asking me that. Uh, no. Uh, but, you know, so, you, so your first job is rarely your permanent job. Rarely. Uh, you know, that, that just hardly happens. Sometimes you, you're going to get a job to get, get some, you know, understanding about how that part of the world works, things like that. But I will say this, and I, I don't make any apologies about it. I would not take a job that kept me out of church. Uh, that's, that's me. Now, I'm, I'm saying that, uh, well, you're a pastor. Of course not. No, if I wasn't even a pastor, I'm going to be at church. Now, uh, you know, talk to your employees, do things like that, try to work with them, things like that. And then if nothing's budging and it looks like, nope, they will never change my schedule, you're never, ever going to be off on Sunday, I'd start looking for something else. Uh, but don't quit your job, but, you know, start looking. Find something and pray about it. God, you know my desire. I want to serve you. I want to serve the house of the Lord. I want to be there. So will you please help me make a way. Pray about those kind of things and then listen to what God is saying about that. School, you know, what do I do in school? You know, pray. Don't ask me, pastor, what should I major in? Because I promise you, I, I don't care really. Uh, because you can serve the Lord and be a vet. You can serve the Lord and be an accountant. You can serve the Lord and be a lawyer. That's all that. Just pick one. What do you like? You want to be a, a teacher? Fine, be a teacher. You want to be a, a, you know, a welder? Be a welder. I, I don't know. Whatever. God doesn't care. He's got Holy Ghost people in every occupation of life. So what do you like? Because if I tell you, hey, well, why don't you just be a vet? You like dogs? You're always posting pictures of them. You know, whatever. What you know, and then you go and you flunk out, you spend thousands of dollars and flunk out of vet school, you're mad at pastor. Well, you know, I didn't say you would pass. I just said, try it out, you know, I don't know. So, but you pray about it, you know. And then a, a big one is ministry. Pray about, if you think it, man, oh, I, you know, ministry, that's great. All of us are actually ministers to a point in our life anyway because we're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. We all have a testimony that we can share. We're all disciples of him or walking in that uh, to become disciples of his. And disciples make disciples, and that's ministry. Outreach is part of all of us. Now, everybody won't have a pulpit ministry. Don't be offended. That's just uh, God doesn't call everybody it's to the pulpit. There's, the body's got to have different ministrations and different callings. So, uh, you know, if, uh, and I, I promise you, I, I wanted to preach. But if God said, no, nah, that's not for you, bud, I'd have said, okay, what can I do? Because I loved living for God. It didn't matter. And I was going to live for him. But, uh, you know, I know that I have a testimony, and I said, I know I'm going to be doing something. And so you've got something to do for God. Pray about it. Don't just jump off, you know, uh, sometimes when people come back from AYC trips, that's it, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm shipping out. Where are you going? Well, I don't know yet, but I'm going. And then, you know, about a month later, two months, maybe it 
you know, it settles down. If it's not really there, a lot of times, it, yeah, when you go to another country, it'll affect you. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And, and while you're there, you can just see yourself. Oh, I can just see myself here, you know. But then when you get back and reality sets in, you realize, you know, and you can help with missions. If you love missions, you can still help with it without being there. Not everybody's called to that. We have some that are. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that Sister Jamie was going to be going into missions. I know that. Knew it then, know it now. Still believe that. And, and so uh, and going on missions trips is not bad. But listen, make sure you're praying about things. Because I have people that come back and swore them down to me. This is it. I know I heard from the Lord while I was there. He told me they ain't nowhere close to going to missions uh, today. And that's okay. They just... But, boy, you start making them proclamations and promises and then realize, no, nah, that ain't what I'm going to do. What happened? I, you know, and, and then you're embarrassed because you hate to say, well, I just got caught up. Just pray about things like that. that pray, prayer is a necessity when making big choices. And, uh, you know, and, hey, guess what, young people? You're going to have to start making big choices in your life because it's coming. And, and, and mom and dad and, and pastor and teacher, they, they, can't, they can't make the choices for you. They'll pray about them with you and things like that, but you've got to make these choices. And, and uh, I remember Brother Ward preaching, uh, I think the last message he preached over at the other church before he passed away about making wise choices. And so uh, the way to make wise choices, Bible, prayer, Word of God, time with God, communication. And it's been like that through the Scripture. Men of God would seek God when there were things that they needed to know what to do, which way to go. You know, um, read about David at Ziklag. And uh, after, you know, uh, you would think, there's no question what you're going to do, David. I mean, you come back, everything's gone. They've stole your wife, your kids. You know, everything's gone. Burnt the place down. And now your people want to stone you. So you got, David, you know you got to do something to fix all this. But instead of David jumping up saying, well, I know how to fight, and I know how to battle, and I know how to run an army, he said, somebody go get me an ephod. I've got to inquire of the Lord. And he went and he prayed and he sought God and he said, shall I pursue? What do you, what do you, and then he waited to hear what God said. Yo, and he, yeah, pursue him. And you're going to recover it all. But he waited until he heard from God before he, whatever they were riding on, chariots, horses, camels, donkeys, or whatever, or running, before they took off, let's hear from what God is going to say. Sometimes you're so sure, I can handle this. David has killed his ten thousands. David slew Goliath. David was a mighty man, a warrior, and a king. And yeah, just go get them, David. All the natural gifting in the world is not a substitute for what God would tell you to do. All the anointing and calling in the world is never, ever, ever, it does not give you a free pass, a loophole to go around what God would tell you to do. Saul, Saul was anointed by the same man that David was. But when you do things your way, the Lord had told him, you remember when they went to fight? And he said, you need to kill everything, all of it, wipe them out. But they saved all the spoil, and they did this, and then he tried to blame the people and all these things, and it cost him the kingdom. He was anointed. He was called to be king. He was put there by the Lord. But all the anointing, calling, blessing in the world from God 
doesn't ever give you the right to circumvent God in his word and his ways and what he wants for you to have. So, hey, I don't care if you speak in tongues every day, 45 minutes every day, an hour every day, two hours every day. I don't care if you, you know, all those things, that's great. But you still got to listen to what God said. You got to stay in contact with him. You know, Nehemiah, when he heard that Jerusalem had been burnt, the walls were broken down, and said he began to cry, but he prayed and he talked to God about what he was wanting to do. And, and God, I, I want to fix this. I want to take care of this. And then he knew that he would have to go before the king. But before he went before the king, he prayed about it because you didn't just show up in, before the king. Well, the king saw him, knew he was sad, and he asked him what was going on. He said, what's up? What do you want? And it says that he prayed to God before he answered. Before he just let an answer fly out of his face. And then when he told him, you know what? The guy said, go, man. Build that place up. How long is it going to take you? What are you going to need? Send, I'll give you letters. I'll do everything I need to do. The hand of God was on Nehemiah. But because Nehemiah prayed about it first, the walls got built again. And so prayer, you, you just can't... Uh, you can't get around it. Moses prayed. And he, you know, when Israel had sinned, built, you know, made that golden calf and did all these things and he had broken that first set of commandments, God was ready to wipe them out. But before Moses decided what he was going to do, he said, I went and prayed for you. I prayed because God was going to kill you. <laughs> and I prayed and, you know, said, well, if you're going to take them out, then take me out too. And he prayed and he interceded and God did not just wipe them out. And so big things require prayer. Hear from God. What do you want us to do? Moses realized that uh, I've got to have an answer, but I, you know, I've got to do something. I've got to pray. You know, he, Moses was upset. He was mad. Man, could you imagine holding those tablets that the finger of God had carved out itself and then break them? I'd have been scared God would have gotten me. But he was so enraged over that because he couldn't believe it. Man, we hadn't, man, we hadn't even hardly got out of Egypt, and y'all are already showing out. And so uh, Joshua did the same thing. We're in a battle. Got to win this battle. And so he interceded. He talked to God, and he was so sure, you know, uh, he commanded the son, Lord, Stop the sun and stop the moon. Let this day hang on so we can win this battle. And, and, and they did. They won. They won the battle. Big things. Talk to God. Go to God for these kind of things. Uh, David, uh, when uh, the Philistines uh, challenged him, uh, he was just newly king. David went and inquired of the Lord before battle. They didn't just run out to battle. But he talked to God about it. And the Lord, instead of saying, don't worry about it, I'm going to wipe everybody out, he told him in, uh, let me find it, in 2 Samuel 5, he said, you're not going to go up. He said, but fetch a compass behind them and come up upon them over against the mulberry trees and let it be when you hear the sound of a going in the tops of the trees that you'll bestir thyself. And then shall the Lord go out before you to smite the host of the Philistines. That's probably not what David wanted. Maybe he wished, hey, I wish you'd just go on out there and fight this battle and take care of it or, you know, just 
tell us to go on and handle things. Do, you know, a lot of times we have a different answer in our head because we know, oh, I know, how, like I said earlier, David said, I know how to fight. I know about running a battle. I know how we line up, what we're supposed to do, send the praisers. I know what we ought to be doing. But he still inquired of God, and God said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to sit around and wait till you hear that wind, that goings through the top of them trees. What? Isn't it hard sometimes when you hear an answer from God and you're just like, I just don't even understand that. Why can't we just do this? Because this is the way God wants it. And this is what God uh, wants you to do. Uh, don't worry about this. I'll take care of it. Often we want God to immediately resolve our problem. Just make it go away, God. We want microwave answers that remove the challenges that we face. But time and time again, God tells us, wait on him and wait on his timing. But if we are not praying like we should, waiting becomes very hard. Yeah. We talked about patience a couple of weeks ago. And patience having a perfect work. Hard to have patience when you're not praying. I believe that we, we learn to wait on God and because you're waiting to hear. You learn to wait. You learn to wait in your situations. Uh, you understand. And that's why I say you need to read the Scripture and look at the examples that people that waited on God's answer before just jumping the gun. Well, if they wouldn't do it, then why would we think we could? Well, you know, David wouldn't feel the Holy Ghost like we was, Pastor. Woo, mercy. Oh, I hope you don't really believe uh, that that is making a difference in what we ought to do because David was a man after God's own heart and still he had to wait to see what God wanted him to do. And so we must also, even in the book of Acts, uh, they prayed uh, after they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they, they still prayed uh, to see what we should do before they would send men off and they would pray and then lay their hands on them. And, and uh, even when they chose a man to fill the position that Judas after he had hung himself, and now the 12 was down to 11. They chose two men, but then they prayed. Acts, I believe it's Acts 1 and 24, said so they prayed about that. And, and uh, God, you see these two men, and you know which one will work the best. We know, you know, I'm sure there was probably in that 11, maybe it was, maybe it was a 6-5 split. I know which one I like. But we're going to wait and see which one God likes. Yeah, but you know, he's... Real good with this, yeah, but he's real. You know, I'm sure there was probably people each had their own opinion, but then they waited and God chose the one that should go. Wasn't no slap in the face to the other guy. It just wasn't him. That's just not what his calling was. And so they were waiting. They needed an answer. We need the right one to fill this spot, God. So uh, will you show us what to do? And so pray about these situations. Honey, you can come on to the music this morning. And I'll try to... Uh, close up right here. Now, when Jesus prayed about these men, think about these 12, how important they were throughout the Gospels. Even Judas. We know the Lord said, I chose you all and, and one of you is a devil. Judas was necessary for what was, for what was going to happen. There had to be this one and uh, when he was praying about choosing the 12, there had to be one in there that had that in him that would be uh, hungry for money, that would be willing to deceive, that, that wouldn't resist, that would give in to that temptation. And, and so he chose him.
And so we need so many things to make our life work right. Pray about it. Pray in the big decisions. Let's stand this morning. So if the Lord, God manifest in the flesh, if he would pray, shouldn't we? Let's lift our hands and just ask the Lord to receive that word this morning. Lord, put it in us to seek your face. Lord, put it in us to listen to what the Spirit would say. Lord, don't let us be over-anxious and and run ahead of you, but God, let us always be ready to do the things that you tell us and to wait on you, to be patient, Lord, and to to wait because we know that you're only going to do good, that you've only got our best interest. So, Lord, today, let us resolve ourselves that we will pray about the big choices. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That we're going to wait till we hear from you, God. Hallelujah. Relationships and jobs, school, whatever it might be. God, we're going to pray. Ministry, we're going to pray to seek your face because we want your will. Order our steps, oh God. Order our steps. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Could you just lift your hands and love him for a moment? I feel a good presence of the Lord in the house this morning. Maybe you've been getting ready to to take a leap, but you're realizing, hey, I need to pray. I I know the scripture says in one place, order my, that the Lord orders our steps in his words and order my steps in your word. But, and we think, and I I believe that, that this book right here helps us to walk the right steps, but Every time the Lord speaks, that's his word. So when I'm praying and I hear from the Lord, and Lord, order my steps in your word. You direct my path. Show me what to do. Show me when to stop. Show me when to go. Let me follow you wholly, oh God. Praise the Lord. Ain't God good to us? I'm glad we don't have to walk it alone. And I'm glad we don't have to. I know we walk by faith and not by sight, but I'm glad that... Uh, he gave us a path. To, you know, this word is by faith, and it's a light and a lamp. Just you know, it's not by natural sight, but it is by spiritual sight. And so, I'm thankful today that we can see the way that God wants us to go and walk in that path. God bless you. Let's find a place to pray before the next service, expecting God to do some great things today. God bless you this morning.